Amen. Hey, once again, we are in our study, World Religions, Colts and the Occult. Debbie, give it up. Number 15. Hey, give it up for Debbie, but I was actually talking about this one over here. But hey, that's okay. Uh, we'll take it. We'll work on that next week. But hey, we're going to recap because that's what we do in our study. Satanism and the rise of devil worship. People don't worship the devil, do they? <sighs> Unfortunately, they do. Now, we saw basically already in our study, why does the Bible talk so much about the devil? Because he's real. That's right, Pastor Tom, because he's real, and we need to know that. So we dealt with the existence of Satan, then the character of Satan, and the tactics of Satan, right? Uh, if the devil is real, and he is, then you think that God would let us know and how to deal with it. Well, he does. It's all over the Bible, Old and New Testament. Okay, and that's why we took a look at his character. He is evil, his tactics. The Bible says he schemes against us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You may not see demons flying through the window, but they're there, folks. Okay, you don't have to be afraid, but let's not stick our head in the sand and act like it's not real. That's what much of the church is doing, let alone the world, and you wonder why Satanism is on the rise, not only in the world, but even in the church. Unfortunately, and we see a little bit, Lord willing, of that, unfortunately, again tonight. So we begin to take a look. How do we get into the shape? How do we actually get in the days that we live in where Satanism is literally everywhere on the rise, including the church? Well, that's why we finally begin to deal with the history, okay? And what we saw is where did it all start? It started back in Genesis chapter 3. And then so to avoid a 9,322-week study, we picked a date to start from. Uh, we advanced to the 1800s. And what we saw, speaking of Genesis chapter 3, Satan's using the same old tactic he used at the Garden of Eden, right? The first thing he did was to cause doubt. How do you do that? Because in the 1800s, here comes the doubt. Charles Darwin, the live evolution, got people to what? Doubt the existence of God, just like he did with Eve, right? And then called God a liar, which is what evolution says, right? We came from Adam, not an ape. We did not come from the goo to the zoo to me and you. Okay, that's a lie. Get them to doubt God, lie, and then what? Same tactic as the Garden of Eden. Got people to think that Satan actually is a good guy. We need to listen to him, not God. And if we listen to Satan, it's going to create this wonderful utopia on the planet. It started with a guy named the Romantics back in the day in the uh, 1800s. It moved on to Blavatsky, as we saw. Theosophy is what she called this so-called wisdom she was getting from the demons. Moved on from her to Basant, and then it went to Bailey, Alice Bailey. Uh, and, and we know that these people uh, were promoting the f lie that's uh, not just doubt God, turn away from Christianity, uh, but that Satan's a good guy because they actually flat out said so. They had the Lucifer journal. And then Bailey, of course, still her uh, uh, outfit is working with the United Nations still to this day to push a one world religion, one world government, follow a one world leader. Uh, and, and they publish under Lucifer or Luce's publishing. Right? So they, again, they've rejected God, rejected Christianity. It's the same line of Genesis chapter 3, and they're pushing it today even in uh, the modern media. Then, of course, we moved on to this guy. Where did it go after that? It went to Aleister Crowley, okay? And uh, Aleister Crowley, basically what we saw was Blavatsky called her lie that Satan's a good guy, theophysy, okay? He called his uh, th belief Thelema. But it's the same thing. Do whatever you want. Don't listen to God. Rebel against God. Follow Satan. And that's what he called it. And that's the crux of the basically rebel, rebel, rebel against God. Do what you want shall be the whole of law. It came from Aleister Crowley, and he got it from Satan, okay? And then we saw he influenced a ton of people uh, back in his day on up to modern day. First of all, he influenced the uh, modern movement called Wicca. Gerald Gardner uh, was influenced by Aleister Crowley. He's the father of Wicca, which is basically the new term for witchcraft, 
okay, as we saw in our 20-week witchcraft study, okay? Uh, then he went from on there, he influenced another witch, Alex Sanders. So you got Gardnerian Wicca, and you got uh, Alexandrian Wicca. Alexander, the so-called king of witches, was also influenced by Crowley. Then we went to L. Ron Hubbard, was influenced heavily by um, Crowley, not only with the sex magic and all the things, but, uh, and of course, then he goes and launches with uh, Scientology, okay? Then they influenced the uh, music industry, right? With the Beatles were big into Crowley and they promoted Crowley. Then we saw the Rolling Stones were also big into Crowley and promoted him as well. Led Zeppelin not only promoted Crowley, but they're the ones who even bought his house in uh, Loch Ness. Uh, the Bolskine House, okay? Jimmy Page bought that, as we saw last time. David Bowie was heavily into Crowley and per, uh, had him in his songs and lyrics. And, of course, Mr. Crowley, the, the song, unfortunately, famous by Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, and so that's what was going on. In fact, the whole, as we saw, looked at the evidence, the whole 60s free love, age of Aquarius movement, that's the same message. Reject Christianity, do what you want, drugs, liberal free sex, all that stuff, do whatever you want, and we're gonna create this age of utopia, age of Aquarius, this new age, blah, blah, blah. That's where it actually came from. It came from Crowley, okay? They put some flowers around it, made it uh, try to look good, but it's not. Now we're gonna move to basically a little bit more modern times when people think of Satanism, okay? Typically, they will think about, oh, there's Crowley, oh, I gotta share this. Remember Crowley, he got his information from Lamb, that was one of the other ones. There was Iwas, or however you pronounce that one, the one demon. But the other demon, uh, land that he drew, remember it looked like the aliens, and that's you know what we left off with. I got to share this with you. Talk about the sovereignty of God, right? So last Wednesday, I'm preaching on Satanism, right? How many of you guys were here? Cool. Or it's preaching on Satanism, right? And then we got to this point in the study, and we finished up on this aspect with Crowley and the, the UFOs and aliens, and their, their demonic deception. Remember that? Okay, so that was last Wednesday. Friday, I'm in Florida preaching and uh, at a conference there. My first message is on UFOs, gave the altar call. All weekend, it, man, by the grace of God, all weekend people were getting saved. It was absolutely phenomenal. Every single night people were getting saved. And the cool thing about this church, when they gave the gospel, they didn't take anything by chance. They took the people in the back and they counseled them to make sure they knew what they're going to do. So Friday, my first message just happened to be on UFOs. And, uh, and so, so I'm preaching on UFOs, and one of the guys that got saved was a Satanist. Okay, and the pastor shared with me the story. So the two men, the counselors, take him in the back. And he said uh, he's uh, in there, and they're, of course, working with him and trying to make sure he understands the gospel. He wants to receive the gospel and say, okay, you need to confess that Jesus is Lord. He couldn't say it. He couldn't get the words, Jesus is Lord. He just couldn't. And through much effort, uh, he said they just kept trying and trying. And finally, he was able to just say, Jesus is Lord. And he says as soon as he did, he threw up his hands. He started weeping. He's going, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And it's just awesome stuff. But I will say this. You know, I, I thought it was, man, I just preached Wednesday on Satanism and UFOs, and now I'm preaching on UFOs and the Satanists get saved. All to the glory of God. Isn't that wild? In 48 hours. That's pretty cool. But here's my point. You know why people got saved every single uh, time we spoke there at that conference? Certainly the grace of God by His Spirit. But you know why? That church every night went and purposely invited the lost. How about us? Want people to get saved, all it takes is just, hey, invite them. We give the gospel every week, right? Something that simple. So anyway, just something for us to think about. But we are going to continue on now in modern times with Mr. Happy Face number three, Anton LaVey. 
And this is typically what people, you know, we're now we're kind of like, oh, Satan, oh, yeah, okay, now we're, okay, I wanted to trace the trail. How did we get to that point uh, that we get here to Mr. LaVey, okay? But before we get that, let's remind ourselves why Satan is duping these people in the last days, okay? And what reward are they going to get, unfortunately, if they don't turn around like the Satanists in Florida and receive Christ as their Savior? Uh, Revelation chapter 20, let's take a look there, Revelation chapter 20 is our opening text. And uh, here's the good news. We get to see the future of Satan. Do you think he's ever saw this before, Satan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he knows his gig's up. He knows where he's going, but he's so stinking evil, he's seeing how many people he can take down with him to this place, right? He's defeated. He's already done, right? But Revelation chapter 20, page 1961 of my Bible, that speeds it up for you. And uh, we'll get there. Find the dictionary. What do you do? Take a left. All right, there we go. Last book of the Bible. Uh, Revelation 20. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. And he seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. We talked about this before. Notice, Satan is powerful. You don't want to mess with him. You don't want to sit there and try to go, you know, deal with it in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. If you have spiritual warfare, you don't need to walk around in fear. But on the other hand, <clears throat> how many angels of God did it take to bind him? One. Not a million, one. You either overemphasize Satan or you de-emphasize Satan, right, is the unbalancing point. So he threw him into the abyss and he locked and sealed it over him and kept him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years, the millennial kingdom, were ended. And after that, he must be set free for a short time. Then I saw the thrones on those that were seated who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. These are the people that got saved during the seven-year tribulation. And the scripture is very clear. Most of them are going to get slaughtered by flies. And apparently decapitation is coming back. Is that happening? Well, you see the Muslim community, you see people wanting to do back to the guillotine just in time for the seven-year tribulation. That ain't by chance. That's a whole other aspect. And uh, you should have got saved today, and you could avoid the whole thing, is the bigger point. They had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark on their foreheads, their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now the rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and, are, and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and will reign with him for a thousand years. Well, when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from the prison and will go and deceive absolutely nobody. No, he's going to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. And he's going to gather them for battle, and in number they are like the sand of the seashore. And they march across the breadth of the earth and surround the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But listen, fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into where? Where is his ultimate place of punishment? He is headed to the lake of fire, the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. What do you mean had been thrown? Well, that's where they were thrown at the end of the seven-year tribulation. This is at the end of the millennium after the seven-year tribulation. So these guys have been in there still being tormented a thousand years later, which again is another proof uh, uh, that goes against this false doctrine, this false teaching out there that when people go to hell, they, they're just annihilated. No. It says there were the uh, beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented. Oh, and keep reading. How long? They just go poof and that's it? No, forever and ever. Keep reading. The Bible defines the truth. Now, then after that, 
You're going to see this great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. Books were open. Another book, singular, open. That's the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Yes, he gave up the dead that were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged to what he had done. Then death and Hades were what? thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. So if you're reading them before, you go, oh, what is the second death? Just keep reading. What's the second death? The lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. If you want more on a breakdown on that study, get our single study called the Great White Throne Judgment. We deal with this aspect and what's going on. But basically, at the end of the millennial kingdom, Satan gets out one last time, creates, unfortunately, one last rebellion. But that's it. Notice this time, it's not going to be seven years of God's wrath. Uh, it's, it's done. It's put down very quickly. Then you have what's called the Great White Throne Judgment. The Great White Throne Judgment is for all the lost of all time. And so basically, those that rebelled against God in the millennial kingdom that went with Satan, as we saw there, as well as basically all that's been stacking up in hell this whole time are raised up before the great white throne judgment of God, and they basically experience the second death, right? They've already died and went to hell, but now they've been raised up, and they basically go from the frying pan into the fire. They go from hell to the lake of fire, okay? But that's where it says Satan is ultimately headed. And guess what? This is what he's doing in the last days. He knows this. I guarantee you he knows this. He knows his future. He knows he's lost. He knows where he's headed. But again, as we saw, he is so stinking evil in his character. Remember, he is Poneros. Okay? He's so stinking evil. He's seen how many people he can dupe and take with it. Because all he has to do is to get people to not receive Jesus Christ their Savior, to listen to his lies, Satan's lies, long enough until they take their last breath. And they will go straight to hell, and then eventually, great white throne judgment, lake of fire, you got your reward for listening to Satan. Okay? So that's what we're going to see. And we're going to see that again with another person tonight, Anton LaVey. Uh, and based on what we'll see, Lord willing, tonight, doesn't seem that he repented, so he's now in hell, and one day he's going to be raised up at the great white throne judgment, and he will join Satan, and whom he thought was a good guy. Uh, and unfortunately, but on Anton LaVey, he's been referred to literally as the father of Satanism. In fact, he started basically a synthesized religion of Satanism, uh, Satan as the figurehead, and that was the Church of Satan, okay? And this was in 1966, and then in 1969, he wrote what was called the Satanic Bible. Uh, this is what I unfortunately had a roommate turn me on to before I got saved, that didn't help anything. I had another roommate turn me on to New Age, okay? Uh, but again, uh, not to poke too many people in the eye, but uh, the guy who was involved in the Satanic Bible, uh, apparently he felt led to witness to me, and the guy who I worked with that turned me on to New Age, he felt led to witness to me. Now, it was wrong. It was horrible. It's demonic. Let me ask you this. Where was the Christian? How come no Christians were felt led to witness to me? Another thing to consider, right? Satanic Bible, 1969. Uh, and basically, in a nutshell, and we'll get later into our studies, the beliefs of Satanism and things, but we're dealing with Anton LaVey here. Uh, basically, promoting indulgence. Now, what's indulgence? You're going to see, again, it's all about self. Do whatever you want to do. Where's that come from? Aleister Crowley, where's that come from? That's the fall of Satan. It's all about I, me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. I, 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 I. Do whatever you want to do. 
right? And so that's where it's coming from. Indulgence, do what you want. Uh, he said that you should only give kindness to those who deserve it. Is that what the Bible teaches? No, you, even, you pray for those that persecute you. You bless those that curse you, despitefully use you. Uh, he also obviously did the eye for an eye code of ethics and shunning abstinence. In other words, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. It's the ultimate religion of self. That's the heart of Satanism. Okay. Now, LeVay, uh, he also propagated a, quote, naturalistic worldview that saw man as animals in an all-moral universe, meaning no morals. Okay. He believed in, as we'll see in a second, evolution. Shocker. Once again, you see the pattern. You buy into the lie of evolution. It gets you to doubt God, and that sets you up to receive the lie from Satan. Okay, and boy, did he do that big time. Okay, he also, Anton LeBay, praised human ego for encouraging an individual's, listen, pride, self-respect, and self-realization. What does that sound like today? That sounds like our world today that's being promoted in schools and secular psychology. This is Anton LeBay, the birth of the church of Satan. It's one and the same, folks. Okay, as we'll see uh, soon enough. Uh, he also said that hate and aggression were not wrong or undesirable emotions, and they were necessary and advantageous for survival. Now, where would he get that? That's evolution, right? The strongest, the fittest shall survive, right? It's that mindset, okay? Do whatever you want, because you if you're going to do whatever you want to do, then you've got to be more powerful than anybody else. They get in your way, take them out. Right? That's the law of evolution, which is, of course, a lie. He also even praised the seven deadly sins and said, this is actually beneficial for you. And for those of you wondering what those are, that would be lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. Now, he was actually born, not Anton uh, LaVey, he was born Howard Stanton LaVey. And believe it or not, you can see he had a good crop of hair. Okay, at one time, we'll see why he shaved it in just a little bit. Uh, but he was born in 1930 in Chicago. His father was uh, Michael Joseph LeVay. He married uh, LeVay's mother, a lady named Gertrude. She was uh, born uh, to a Georgian father and a Ukrainian mother, and they immigrated to Ohio in the late 1800s. But his dad, Anton's dad, was a liquor salesman, okay? And uh, then they soon moved from that area to San Francisco, California, and that's, of course, where he began starting uh, Satanism, okay? Now, his parents supported Anton's musical instruments, and he was actually a really good musician, I guess, for back in the day, for at least for the instrument he chose to play. We'll see in just a second. He tried out a bunch of different instruments, uh, keyboards, pipe organ, and even the calliope, and that seemed to be organ and calliope was his choice. I don't know. So I hear that people play the accordion, and that was a cool thing back in the 60s, but I, I guess the Calliope was too. But here he is playing the Calliope. Just a little snip here. Kind of weird, kind of creepy, but you know, kind of reminds me of the Munsters. But, uh, uh, but anyway, but uh, he was no dummy. And the guy had some talent. He had uh, some intelligence. And unfortunately, he went the wrong way. And wait till you hear one of the things that steered him off from Christianity. Uh, he had attended uh, high school in Mill Valley, California. And he left home. And guess what he did? He joined the circus. 
That's why he's playing that big melody, big top thing. He joined the circus and carnivals. He, he did carny jobs, and of course, he's playing the what? The calliope. That was his, one of his jobs there. Uh, and uh, most of his life, he had a lot of animals with him and things uh, of that nature. Uh, in the winter 1948, he began to branch out from the circus, and he began to play organs in bars, lounges, and nightclubs. Quote, his genius on keyboards kept him uh, to attain gigs, so it kept him employed. So I guess he was a pretty good uh, pianist or organist, whatever. Then he began to play organ in uh, the organ in L.A., in burlesque houses. Uh, and uh, it was here that he noticed something that turned him away from Christianity, or at least he said was one of those reasons. He noted that the same men, so he's playing in these burlesque houses, the organ, and he noticed, quote, the same men attending the burlesque shows as well as the tent revival meetings on Sunday morning. Wow. That happened to me. I mean, I didn't go to blush shows, but the same guys I went to high school with, you know, where they would go on Sundays if they weren't too hungover and strung out, doing the same sinful, rotten things I was doing? Same thing. And when I did get involved and interested in spiritual things, especially when I'm looking at my high school friend dead in the casket, in an accident that I should have been there? Did you think I was going to turn towards Christianity? Mm -mm. I saw what I thought was Christianity, and I was no dummy. It's like, that obviously don't work because it ain't working for you, you hypocrites. Very interesting. He, he had an encounter very similar with that. And he says it, it supported his increasingly cynical view of religion. Dare I say Christianity? That's sad. That's sad. Okay. Continue on. While playing the organ in the, the L.A. burlesque houses, he reportedly had a brief affair with the still unknown person at that time, uh, this lady, Marilyn Monroe, uh, as she was dancing at one of the theaters there. A lot of people say that's not true. His kids say, yes, it was. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. Then he eventually marries a lady named Carol, uh, which I could not, I scoured, I could not find one single picture of her. Uh, and, uh, but they had a daughter, and the daughter was this uh, lady here, Carla LeBay. She is still very much active, unfortunately, in Satanism uh, in San Francisco. Uh, but she was born in 1952. And then LeBay uh, divorced Carol, and he met uh, uh, and became entranced with this lady, uh, Diane. And that's with who the, he basically started the Church of Satan with. They never married. They were, uh, he was her companion or vice versa, whatever, for uh, I think like 24 years or something. But then they had a daughter, another daughter, Zena. And you might be more familiar with her on some of the interviews that are out there. She was born in 1964. And then about this time, you know, they're launching the Church of Satan, and he starts to become uh, a, a, a celebrity. Uh, you know, uh, he hasn't uh, quite written the, the, uh, the Satanic Bible and things yet, but he's starting to become a celebrity and, and still kind of on the back of his organ playing. Right. And of course, this is in L.A. in the area there. And uh, he also started to with his live performances, he started getting into paranormal research and things of that nature. And uh, he started uh, playing the uh, the organ at uh, in, in, in L.A. and then in San Francisco. And many notable people uh, began to come. And, uh, and then so he, he starts to capitalize on that and he starts giving Friday night lectures on the occult, what he called the magic circle, uh, to people that started to come and started to share the interest. And then one member suggested, you know what, you should start a new religion. And he did. And he did. Uh, and again, who was his influences from? Uh, we saw that it was uh, 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 before evolution. It was also Frederick Nietzsche, right? 
who the famous phrase from him, God is dead. Uh, well, he knows better. Nietzsche's dead and he learned the hard way. Uh, unfortunately, and guess who? Aleister Crowley. So again, you see Crowley once again coming in with that same thread as well. And again, he was a promoter, uh, LeBay was, social Darwinian evolution. And he wove all this into his practices and rituals uh, in the Satanic Church. In fact, speaking of evolution, LeBay was a, a complete supporter of eugenics. And he thought that eugenics was the future of humanity, right? Which is an evolutionary mindset. Same thing that Hitler did, right? Hey, if we're just a bunch of animals, then uh, some people deserve to live and don't, right? It's the strongest that fittest survive, and let's use science to get rid of those unfit people and make the rest of us more fit. And it's the same mentality that you get when you believe the lie of evolution. Now, how did he start? Well, he did it on a specific night, uh, and it was on this night. It was uh, the St. Walpurst Day, and uh, April 30th of 1966. Now, as we saw, the Satanist calendar, uh, and that's the uh, February 25th, uh, on that day, as we saw before, that's when they do Satanist blood ritual, communion of blood, and dismemberment of any age. It's sick, it's gross. We already dealt with that in, our, I think, our first study. But again, that's when he started uh, the Church of Satan, April 30th, 1966. And that's when he ritualistically shaved his head, got rid of that hair we saw, and allegedly did it in the tradition of the ancient executioners. He founded the Church of Satan and proclaimed 1966, listen, as year one, Anno Santanus, the first year of the age of Satan. Now, what's the age of Satan? Basically, it's the same thing that we've been seeing from Blavatsky and Crowley and all that stuff, the new age, age of Aquarius. Listen to Satan, do what he says, and remove the restraints of God, and you're gonna have a great life, great utopia, blah, blah, blah. So he bought into that. Now, at this time, uh, you got to have a place, right? You're supposed to be a church of Satan. So LeBay, Diane, uh, his second companion, and uh, both of his daughters, Carla by his first wife, Carol, and then Zena, as well as many animals from the circus, uh, they move in this place called the Black House, okay? And here's some vintage footage of that place. So that's the infamous Black House, and it's from there that they launched, basically, the Church of Satan. And it was the world's first openly acknowledged satanic church, okay? Anton was a spokesman and, uh, for it, and uh, uh, you know, still remains, you think of Anton LaVey, his photo, people think, ah, yeah, the guy who started Satanism. I mean, technically, no, it started back here, as we saw, technically, Genesis chapter 3, okay, but for more modern conception, uh, that's, that's pretty much spot on. Uh, his, uh, uh, the second lady he was with, the Diane, she became the high priestess of the Satanic Church, and uh, she uh, performed the role also as an administrator, and then his daughter, Zena, basically became the spokesperson for the Church of Satan, kind of defending it. Uh, against attacks and things of that nature. He kind of stood in the background. He hobnobbed, as we'll see in a bit, with a bunch of celebrities and journalists and even people in the military and Hollywood elites and things of that nature. And she's the one that be became the spokesperson. But here she is talking about him. 
Denver police have had a serious problem with teenagers and Satanism over the past five years. The most disturbing, an increase in teenage homicides and suicides with ritualistic or satanic overtones. Animal sacrifices, birds, dogs, church desecrations and burglaries, chalices stolen. They use them to drink the blood of their sacrifices. Do you still believe in Satan? Yeah. He can come into you and make you do wicked stuff and weird things like that. Like, for instance? Hurt people, hurt your family. In the 80s, I felt compelled to defend Satanism primarily because you have to understand growing up in this religion I almost began to regard it as a kind of problem sibling it was like my brother it was under attack and I called my father and I asked him what his media strategy was to deal with it and he confessed that he had no media strategy whatsoever he didn't care at that point he was living in a complete isolated bubble. My mother had left him. So I said, well, if you need anybody to answer questions or just to answer a phone call or something, I said, I can do it. From there, I became the high priestess of the Church of Satan. So she takes over basically the mom that I am, uh, who was his companion for 24 years. He first married Carol, divorced her, shacks up with Diane for about 24 years, has Zena. Zena takes over uh, at that stage. Then he gets hooked up with a third lady, and that's Blanche Barton, uh, a lady named Blanche Barton. And uh, they had a son, Xerxes, uh, and she basically became the successor after his death, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, and then he, so he spent uh, time with his, the son, Xerxes, unfortunately, and then his grandson, Zena's son, she had a son named uh, Stanton, wait to hear the comment he makes about Richard Ramirez coming to see LeVay before he killed people. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, uh, but after his death, LeVay's death in 1997, the ch church turned over to the third lady, the Blanche Barton, okay? And, uh, and then, of course, there's a family squabble because LeVay's oldest daughter, uh, Carla, uh, she basically went one direction and Blanche went the other. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but after we finish this study, what you're going to see is he started the Church of Satan. Basically, he's considered the father of what we consider modern Satanism today. After his death, a ton of groups begin to splinter, and that's what we're dealing with today. Okay, but after his death, you immediately splits into two. Carla, his oldest daughter from his first wife, uh, she uh, follows in her father's footsteps. She f forms the first satanic church in San Francisco. And as of 2018, she's still hosting a weekly radio show, sponsors satanic events and concerts, etc. So she's unfortunately still in him. Uh, Barton, his, the third woman he was with, uh, relocated the satanic church's headquarters to New York City. Uh, and so they're basically now they're on coast to coast. Uh, but let's get down to the crux of what he was pushing. And this is from secular uh, sociologists. And they say, well, let's examine this Satanist movement, this uh, do whatever you want, do what you will. What is at the core of it? Sociologists have noted that LaVey was directly responsible for the genesis of Satanism as a, quote, serious religious uh, movement. Scholars agree that there was no reliable documented case of Satanic uh, continuity prior to the founding of the Church of Satan, right? So basically, in a nutshell, this is the guy that really got it going. He, we, we saw how it kind of started, the thread, why people turned after the live evolution, same trick that Satan used in the Garden of Eden, and it started to pick up, pick up, but this guy, pew, 
is where it really took off is what they're saying. Now, LeVay's book, okay, that he promoted that. He wrote several books. We'll get in a second. Uh, but the big one that's known the most, of course, is the Satanic Bible. And, of course, they took the Baphomet, uh, as we saw way back here with the Romantics, was a sign back then. But he took that uh, as the cover and their symbol. It's been described as, quote, the most important document to influence contemporary Satanism. And it contains the core principles of Satanism. And just very quickly, we might get into this more later in their belief system. But here are basically the nine core principles that he would have you and I believe uh, in Satanism. Let's take a look at that. Number nine. Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had, as he has kept it in business all these years. Number eight. Satan represents all of the so-called sins as they all lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. Number 7. Satan represents man as just another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours. Man because of his divine spiritual and intellectual development, has become the most vicious animal of all. Number 6. Satan represents responsibility to the responsible, instead of concern for psychic vampires. Number 5. Satan represents vengeance, instead of turning the other cheek. Number 4. Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it, instead of love wasted on ingrates. Number 3. Satan represents undefiled wisdom, instead of hypocritical self-deceit. Number 2. Satan represents vital existence, instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Number 1. Satan represents indulgence, instead of abstinence. So the number one law is what? Do what you want. You will, you shall, whatever you want to say. But where'd they get that from? Crowley. Where'd all these guys get that same message from? Satan. Right? But that's the number one law. You've heard me say that repeatedly, and again, we'll probably get that in much more detail. But it's all about self, right? It's a religion of self. And this is from the secular sociologist saying, well, that's really what this is. It's all about a worship of self. Watch this. A number of religious study scholars have described LeVay Satanism as, quote, a form of self-religion and self-spirituality, arguing that it should be seen as being both part of the, listen, prosperity wing, Right? Because it's not just about self, but self demands that self has a Cadillac and our money suit. Same thing. And these are secular folks. And also, it should be considered uh, just like the self-spirituality of the New Age movement and a form of the, quote, human potential movement, which is rampant in our society today. Okay? And, unfortunately, it's also rampant in the church, as we saw before. Uh, there are people in the church now that it's all about self. In fact, some people in church circles uh, would say that when you go to church services, uh, you're not even really there to worship God. It's all about yourself. And again, where does this self come from? Folks, this is, this is the crux of Satanism, right? But let's take a look at that. Attention all Christians, when you go to church next Sunday, you might not be doing it for God, but to satisfy your own selfish needs. Can you believe that? That's what some people are saying, or at least that's how people are interpreting the remarks that were made by popular Lakewood church co-pastor, 
Victoria Osteen. Check this out. Victoria Osteen, check this out. when we're happy. That's the thing that gives him the greatest joy this morning. So I want you to know this morning, just do good for your own self. Do good because God wants you to be happy. When you come to church, when you worship him, you're not doing it for God, really. You're doing it for yourself because that's what makes God happy. Amen. Founded in San Francisco, California by Anton LaVey in 1966, the Church of Satan sees belief in God or hell as delusional, and so they choose to practice self-reliance and self-worship. All religions are coming around to Satanism. We're in the very throes of a new satanic age. The evidence is all around us. All we have to do is look at it. Nobody's looking at it, and nobody's putting two and two together. But what he's saying, it sounds audacious, right? All religions are coming around to what? Satanism. Oh, come on. That's him. No, we are not out there. What's the core of Satanism? A worship of self. Now, let's go back to the church. What's the average person, unfortunate, negative attitude, whether they realize it or not, when they come to church services? It's, they come here with self on the brain. I'm coming here, but you better play what self wants to hear in the music. You better preach what self wants to hear from the word. You better have programs that self wants. You better not do anything cross-eyed to me that might injure myself. You better do everything. Everything better be lined up the way they want self. And churches now cater to that, right? To the point where it's all about not Jesus, learn to be a better disciple. It's learn to be a better you. What is this? Satanism. So what's really being preached in the church? Satanism. It's not about self-esteem, self-respect. It's about savior esteem, savior respect. If you want to esteem somebody, the scripture says esteem others better than yourself. You want to love somebody, not yourself. First love God, then your neighbor. Read the scripture. It's the exact opposite. In fact, Jesus said if you want to be his disciples, you must deny yourself. Do you see what's going on here? It's not just heresy in the church. The churches are now preaching what Anton LaVey warned. The churches, they're all coming around to Satanism. In fact, I found this gem of an interview, as crazy as that is. The Satanists admit that Christian media, now that their focus is not on, let's get a serious study of God's word, but it's more on entertainment and pleasing self, that you have joined the Satanists. Watch this. This is uh, Anton LaVey's kids. Christian media is now going through its last very extravagant death throes. Jim where, and Tammy where, Baker where, where do you get these swaggered. From? All of the evangelists are slowly falling out of favor. And as we move into the satanic century, we're going to see Christianity's last gasp. Well, now hang on. Just, the, just, excuse me just a minute, Nicholas. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you make some broad sweeping statements that do not have statistical validation. Now, while it is true that certain televangelists have had a marked drop in their audiences. Overall, the growth of religious media in America is exploding. Can you quote me any statistics in regards oh, to uh, religious radio stations oh, and no, religious television there is stations? Much more. Do you know how fast they are growing no, in this country? There's much more religious media than ever. That's not what I'm saying. And I think I'm saying as an, that's a sign of the death throes of Christianity. You've given up your ideals and now you're joining the devil's ranks, which is to entertain people. <laughs> you are now part of the media, which is something that the fictional character you base your 
religion on, Jesus Christ would certainly not have condoned. That's a mouthful. Now, I don't condone what he said about Jesus saying it's fictional, but I do agree that the real Jesus would not condone what's going on in churches today. That you're not promoting Christ and the cross and him crucified and the way of escape from hell and God's wrath and eternal damnation. It's what? You've joined the ranks of Satanism. Self. And they admit it. They said, you're, in the, you're, you're done now. Yeah, you got more Christian media that's ever been before, but guess what? That media is out there promoting. We, we're little gods. We deserve to be rich. It's all about self. Learn to be a better you. That's what he says. It's over, death. You guys are in your last gasp. You've joined our team. Isn't that wild? We just think, oh, they're just off base. No, it's not just they're off base. They're preaching Satanism. And that hopefully stings. Uh, for those that are involved in that. Uh, soon after this, okay, so now they're launching. They're starting to make some headway, unfortunately. Uh, they start doing their first public satanic weddings. They have satanic baptisms. The first one was Zena, uh, LeBay's daughter. They have satanic funerals, right? Because after all, they're a church of Satan. Uh, in fact, let me give you an example. Uh, one of the satanic uh, funerals was for a naval third-class guy named Edward Olson, complete with a chrome-helmeted honor guard. And, uh, and Lord willing, maybe next time we're going to get into one of the splinter groups. Uh, uh, Michael uh, Aquino, Aquinas, I, I believe, uh, was heavy, heavy duty involved, unfortunately, in getting a lot of Satanism in the military. Uh, but it went all over the place after LeBay's death. We'll get into that. Uh, uh, yeah, LeBay also performed uh, uh, a much publicized satanic marriage of Judith Case and journalist John Raymond. Uh, you're going to see that uh, Satanism, uh, just like, remember the Romantics? What it, from the very get-go, once they bought into live evolution, rejected God and Christianity, they didn't just say, hey, Satan's a good guy. He's here to save us. You know, blah, blah, blah. Listen to him. What they used to promote the message. It was art, literature, okay, and then just about anything you think of. Music, right? LeVay did that like you can't even believe. We'll get into that in just a second. Uh, but I'm talking media, Hollywood, journalists, you name it. And, and, and it's a good thing after he died, all those people just went away. Oh, no, they're still there in every one of those, and they're still promoting Satanism. And we're going to see that very clearly. LeVay also established other branches, so now he's starting to branch out. Okay, and the word that he had for each one of the new churches of Satan was a term called grottos. That was his term. Uh, just a, a couple places. And uh, listen to these places, and you tell me how they're doing. Uh, one, one of the ones uh, included the, what was called the Babylon Grotto in Detroit. And we all know that Detroit is one of the places that people really want to move to. They just, they got right at the border. They're carrying big sticks to beat people off. Please stop coming. I know it's a paradise here. We, with all due respect to those who live in Detroit. No, that place is messed up. Another one, they have a grotto. It's called the Lilith Grotto in New York City. Yep, because New York City is a great place. I mean, it's just doing so well. It's just paradise. Yeah, wherever these places go, folks. Wherever this message of self at all costs goes, it will bring destruction because it came from Satan. Now, he was also given a leg up. He wasn't just active and whatever uh, with his charisma. Uh, people helped him get off the ground, including just about every avenue you can think of. He was the subject of numerous articles in news media throughout the world. And I'm not talking the small little chump change. Uh, I'm talking the biggest magazines at the time. He was in Look, McCall's, Newsweek, and Time, various men's magazine. Do you think that helped get his satanic message out? 
unfortunately. Do you think the media does the same thing today? Yes, they do. Uh, he also appeared on talk shows, uh, Donahue and The Tonight Show. Do you think that helped to increase the, and do you think TV still promotes Satan? Same thing t today, folks. Uh, we just don't think about him. He's also in movies. Uh, he st actually starred in some movies uh, and documentaries, Satanus in 1969, Speak of the Devil in 1993, uh, and he's a bunch of other ones that he was in. So movies, did movies today promote Satan? Folks, he not only hobbed on with these people, he not, they not only helped him to get the message out, a lot of them joined his camp, and they're still there to this day promoting him. I'm telling you, a lot more than we want to believe. Uh, uh, Levey was labeled by journalists as, quote, listen, not just the father of Satanism, listen to this, the St. Paul of Satanism. Crazy. He also authored, again, several books, not just the Satanic Bible. He uh, also authored the Satanic Rituals, the Satanic Witch, the Devil's Notebook, Satan Speaks. His second book, the Satanic Rituals, uh, has nine different rituals and ceremonies, uh, which were inspired by, hey, what a quinketing, the Illuminati, the Knights Templar, and Freemasonry. Lord William, starting 5,322, if we ever make it past the occult section, in our study, we're going to finish out on Freemasonry and the secret societies. And you're going to see very quickly, gee, I wonder why uh, it influenced Anton LaVey to worship uh, and this figurehead Satan, uh, is because that's who they worship too. So it's very clear. We'll get to that, Lord, eventually. This Satanic Bible uh, has not only been, a, unfortunately, a bestseller, but it's been translated in over a dozen languages, okay? And again, he was a musician. So again, he, he literally tapped into all these art, literature, music, dare I say, movie, you could add journalism, the whole nine yards. He tapped into all of it, right? And, uh, but anyway, he came out with uh, several different albums, which I highly do not recommend. Uh, but Satanic Mass, Satan Takes a Holiday, Strange Music, and uh, again, he appeared in different films. And so again, he uses art, literature, music, movies, Hollywood, uh, to get the message across. And one of the movies, during this time when this is, he's starting to get headway and get a lot of notoriety, another thing that unfortunately helped him in his camp, the Church of Satan, was this movie, Rosemary's Baby, uh, with Roman Polanski. Uh, and boy, that just really got people stirred up. Hey, what's with all this occult stuff and Satanism stuff and whatever? Here's this guy saying, yeah, we're here. And it's just bad, bad timing. But I'm sure that was just by chance. I don't think so. Uh, and again, as I said, he hobnobbed with a bunch of famous people. I'm going to rip out some names here, uh, believe it or not. Many famous people, journalists, Hollywood elites, actors, directors, writers, you name it. And again, when LeBay died, they all just turned away. They turned back to saying, we're never going to do that. They stayed there. They spread. They're still doing it today. Uh, but among them was Jane Mansfield. In fact, you'll see here in a second, that's why she died. Was it because of Anton LeBay? We'll get to that in a second. Sammy Davis Jr., for those of you hooked on living in Las Vegas, like the rest of us, he was heavy duty into the church of Satan, okay? And a lot of people, they, they oh, no, that's just Anton. He was a big, fat liar. Well, I'm sure he probably lied because Satan's a liar, okay? But his kids verify it, okay? But let's take a look at just uh, a few of the people he hung out with, including James Manfield, and why did she die? Okay, let's take a look at that. Jane Mansfield is a legend in Hollywood, even though she died tragically 25 years ago after making just a few movies. Jane and Marilyn Monroe were in competition for the sexiest woman in the world, and today for the first time, Jane's family breaks their silence and talks about her life and death. Bonnie Strauss with our report. Oh, 
Jane Mansfield, a heartthrob of the 50s, was a star created in Marilyn Monroe's shadow. And for a brief moment, she made it big. And like Marilyn, she died an early, tragic death. But Jane's death may have been woven into a satanic curse. After three divorces, Jane would sometimes hook up with the wrong men. Men like Sam Brody, a Beverly Hills lawyer. After that, Sam Brody, Jane's boyfriend, took her to meet this man, Anton LaVey, the head of the Church of Satan. What the world needs is a good whipping. LaVey put a curse on Brody, telling him he would die in a car crash within a year. He did, when his car going 80 miles an hour hit a stationary truck. Tragically, Jane was in the car. She died instantly. How did you find out? about her death. And my aunt just walked up and handed me the headlines. That's how I found out. What did it say? It said Jane Mansfield decapitated. Uh, Jane Mansfield. Was Jane Mansfield a follower and or a lover of your father? Yes, she was a member of the Church of Satan. I will not discuss my father's private life because I don't think it's anybody's business. But she was definitely a devout follower of the satanic philosophy. Well, his private life has been pretty well discussed in a number of uh, notable books in the well, subject. Well, that's there for people who wish to Okay, well, if you it. prefer not to, fine, but I'm trying to get some facts here. The curse, the story of the curse that killed Jane Mansfield, mm -hmm. that your father supposedly put on someone else and she happened to be in the car. Mm -hmm. Any well, truth to that? published in a number of books and papers also so do you want me to talk about things yeah, I'm, just ask, I'm just asking I'm just asking you I'm asking you I'm, I'm coming straight to no, the there source was no here curse there was no curse her. so she was not decapitated decapitated because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time because of your father's curse that's it I would say she was in the wrong place at the wrong time obviously but your father did not put a curse at her request on, that, that, on that, Sam Brody yes but not on her no not but he her. did put a curse and because she happened to be in the car with him when he was killed, she got because killed. Because she too. ignored Anton LaVey's request that she break communications with Sam Brody, warned her to stay to away from her, so she did not so, do that. So, but your father did put a curse on, 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 Sam, on Sam Brody. Okay, I, I'm just trying to get right. the story straight here. Marilyn Monroe, what was the connection with Marilyn Monroe? That was an affair that the two of them had when they were both very young and were relatively unknown. It just so happened that both of their lives took uh, off in a direction that, you know, garnered some fame. But mm -hmm. um, at the time that they had this affair, they were both very young, late teens, early 20s. Sammy Davis Jr., he's been pictured uh, right. worshiping at one of your father's altars, wearing a pentagram. Mm -hmm. Was he at a time a follower of the church? At a time, yes. Are there any prominent uh, stars today who are followers openly of the Church of Satan, such as these people were back in the 60s? There are, and some of them we already know of. Um, some who? of them, well, for if you, you want entertainers, King Diamond is a member of the Church mm -hmm. of Satan. Um, he openly admits that. Right. Um, and then there are other actors as well. Because of for, for whom? For example, whom? Well, because of the recent hysteria we've seen, I'm not going to put their There, their are, there are people in every in field of endeavor, in architecture, well, science. So in other words, they're everywhere. Hollywood, media, you name it, scientists, the average Joe that might be working next to you 
in the cubicle. They're everywhere. That was back then. But a good thing it all stopped after LeVade. No, it didn't. But this is where, again, this is why he's called the father of modern Satanism. Uh, It took off, unfortunately, like a rocket. Okay, but again, that's what you get. You reap what you sow, right? Right? In the 1850s, you got this law called evolution. Now you basically got 100 years later, and look at what you got. Now you got full-blown Satanism in your society, right? And how long has it been since then to today? Has it gotten any better? No, it's got 100 times worse. And it just keeps getting worse, again, because you've turned away from God. Again, he, uh, famous people, again, uh, Jane Mansfield, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, Elkie Summer, William Shatner, uh, John Travolta. I thought that was kind of interesting. And, uh, and apparently at some point he goes from the Church of Satan uh, to uh, uh, Scientology. But once you understand Scientology, the core of it, L. Ron Hubbard was straight out of Crowley, kind of makes sense. An unfortunate sense. He slides right over. And so in his sense, he goes basically from worse to worse. <laughs> it's just, it's just, wow. Ernest Borgnine. Uh, is listed. In fact, let me just give you uh, the uh, top 10 celebrities uh, considered. There's a ton we could be here, unfortunately, for a long time. And I'm talking directors, writers, basically Hollywood, elites, you name it, uh, both sides of the coast. Uh, But let's take a look at uh, what's considered the top 10. Here are 10 famous members of the Church of Satan. Number 10, Sammy Davis Jr. Rat Pack member Sammy Davis Jr. was friends with Anton LaVey and rose to the level of warlock in the Church of Satan in the 1970s. Number 9, Jane Mansfield. Actress and model Jane Mansfield was a member of the Church of Satan. Anton LaVey actually gave Mansfield the title of High Priestess of San Francisco's Church of Satan. In an interview with Joan Rivers, Anton LaVey said that Mansfield was a practicing member of the Satanic Church and that they had a romantic relationship with one another. Number eight, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson is actually a card-carrying member of the Church of Satan. Here you'll see his membership card, and here you'll see a picture of him and LaVey. Number seven, King Diamond. King Diamond is a Danish heavy metal band, and the band's frontman, King Diamond, is a practicing Satanist and has read LaVey's Satanic Bible. Number six, Liberace. Pianist and singer Liberace was a close friend of LaVey and was one of the first members of the Church of Satan. Number five, Balls Mahoney. Balls Mahoney was a WWE WWE wrestler who died on April 12, 2016. Mahoney is said to have been a card-carrying member of the Church of Satan. Number four, Mark Almond. Soft cell frontman Mark Almond, who wrote hits like Tainted Love and Say Hello, Wave Goodbye, became a member of the Church of Satan in 1999. Number three, Kenneth Anger. Filmmaker and author Kenneth Anger was named the godfather of LaVey's daughter by LaVey himself. Though he doesn't want to claim to be a Satanist, but rather a pagan, many of his movies have satanic themes, which has led many Many people to believe that he is indeed a Satanist. Number two, Matt Skiba. Matt Skiba, who is better known as the lead singer of the Alkaline Trio, is a longtime member of the Church of Satan and says that he feels as though there are a lot of misconceptions about Satan and Satanism. Number one, Anton LaVey. LaVey is the founder of what is known today as the Church of Satan. His books include the Satanic Bible, Satan Speaks, and the Satanic Rituals. Though the Church of Satan does not publish the number of members that they have, they do state that they have members in nearly every nation on the planet. And that membership grows every year. Gee, I wonder why. And yet, what's the statistics? The church is on the decline. What do you tap into? All this stuff. 
You got a leg up with all these people that he hobnobbed with who had power to influence people with the media and all kinds of stuff, and they're still doing it today. But don't worry, none of that stuff ever influences you. Whatever music you listen to, whatever movies you watch, it's just all entertainment, and it has no bearing on your beliefs, behavior. Yeah. Yeah, they know better. Uh, Anton LaVey also influenced uh, this guy, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. And this is actually, uh, if you're not familiar, uh, basically a serial killer. Uh, but this is uh, uh, 1983. This is recounted by Stanton LaVey. Uh, and uh, he recounts the time when Richard comes to visit his dad on a, quote, sort of anti-Christian pilgrimage to meet his grandfather. He said, uh, the 23-year-old at that time, Ramirez, made his presence known to us. He'd come up uh, to San Francisco from L.A. to shake the hand of the great LaVey. He said his name was Richie, and he wanted to meet LaVey, and it would only take a minute of his time, and so my grandfather, Anton LaVey, goes outside and uh, asks Ramirez, what are you doing here? And he says, hey, I just wanted to meet you, and he nervously stuck out his hand, and LaVey says, okay, well, now you have. And Ramirez says, well, I just want to thank you for everything you're doing for us Satanists. And when Ramirez was caught, the story became that he made his pilgrimage to meet my grandfather, Stanton says, as a religious act before committing his crimes in the name of Satan. Again, there is no God. Do what you want. You get my way, you're toast. That's wicked. It's evil. It's Satanism. But... That's what happens, unfortunately, when you turn away from God and you think that Satan's a good guy and he's your model to follow. LaVey's today, his influence remains great, which we'll probably get into this, Lord willing, towards the end of our study, like we did with our witchcraft study. We kind of ended on how's, what's all the different ways that's unfortunately promoting witchcraft. We'll probably do the same thing with Satanism. But LaVey was, quote, a forerunner of, among other things, uh, like the heavy metal music, satanic rock, vampire and goth cultures, you know, the people that dress in black, wear black and all that stuff and black nails, all that, that's influenced with LeBay, Satanism, dark death. Speaking of death, uh, he died October 29th, 1997, so right around there on Halloween, which again is another occult holiday. Uh, he went to St. Mary's Medical Center, uh, as it's told, because that was the one that was closest. Um, and, uh, but he died in San Francisco of pulmonary edema, which I think is a heart condition, fluid buildup, I think. And uh, so when he died, they had a, quote, sacred, uh, a secret satanic funeral and was attended by invitation only, and his body was cremated. But uh, apparently somebody was there to hear his last words. And so did his religion of self. Satan's a good guy. Don't listen to God, Jesus, Christianity. Did it turn out good for him? Did he, did he end satisfied? Well, not only did he not end satisfied, but neither did the guy that influenced him, Aleister Crowley. Here's both of their last words. Alistair Crowley, patron saint of the occult and new age. Western esotericism owes its existence to Alistair Crowley. Crowley said, quote, I do not wish to argue that the doctrines of Jesus, that they alone have degraded the world to its present condition. I take it that Christianity is not only the cause, but the symptom of slavery. You see the similarity between his statement and LaVey's statement. They both had the idea that to follow Jesus Christ was slavery. And they had no understanding of the true nature of Jesus Christ. What they all came to find out was that by committing themselves to the doctrines of men and channeling the adversary, 
that was slavery for your spirit. Do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Whose will are we talking about? Do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Love is the law. Love under will. Whose will? Under his will. Under your will. Under the will of whichever man decides to follow this esoteric tradition. This grievous error. It's, it's sad at how misguided it is. But we have to understand that these, these are the tools of Satan and his minions. On December 1st, 1947, Aleister Crowley died. Reported by those around him as his dying words, quote, I am perplexed. Anton LaVey, author, Satanic Bible, founder, co-founder of the Satanic Church. He was very clear on his position. Obviously, he's, he had committed himself in life to, to being the adversary, to letting the adversary flow through him. And he said, quote, I dip my forefinger in the watery blood of your impotent, mad redeemer and write over his thorn-torn brow, the true prince of evil, the king of slaves. What about his peaceful death? On his deathbed, Anton LaVey had a revelation of the spiritual world just as he was about to die. And he uttered his last words. What have I done? There is something very wrong here. This is all wrong. And he died. And he went to hell. And at the end of the Millennial Kingdom, he and all the other people in hell are going to be raised up before the great white throne of God. And because their name is not found in the Lamb's Book of Life. All the works, what they did, were written in the books. Remember, it was plural, because there's a bunch of them. God sees everything. They're all recorded, and they go from hell into the lake of fire and join guess who? Not just the Antichrist and the false prophet, but Satan himself. You got your reward from Satan. It's unfortunate. It's sad. But... Watch this. They cremated his body, right? But they didn't bury his ashes. This is Anton LaVey. So what'd they do with him? Well, they divided them amongst his heirs on the assumption that they possess occult potency and can be used for acts of satanic ritual magic. So again, somehow he's still looked upon as a great guy and even his ashes will help you in your occult rituals and blah, blah, blah. So the lie continues, unfortunately, even after his death. Okay, and then what we're going to see again is immediately after he dies, I mean, almost immediately, it begins to splinter, okay, in a massive scale. And so that's what we're going to uh, branch out, Lord willing, next time. And uh, we're going to hit some of them, uh, probably several of them, but three of the more popular ones, the Order of the Nine Angles. We'll get into the Temple of Set and also the Satanic Temple. And these are the ones that are basically we're dealing with today that are now going so bold in their Satanism, their push, is they're the ones who are now going into the government, uh, the government buildings to put at the Baphomets. They're the ones going into the schools, doing the color books for Satan, right? Uh, they're also the ones that are going into government saying that uh, we have First Amendment rights too. We get, to, we get to come in here and do a prayer to Satan to open up the assembly or the meeting. These are the groups that are doing that. Uh, it's got nothing but worse. 
And you know why these people continue to get worse each year? Two things. The world, remember the world? What was the stat in the world? 91 to 99% don't even believe in the literal devil. That's problem number one. Number two, 65% of the professing church doesn't believe in the literal devil. And then most of the rest of the church, you know what they're doing? They're preaching Satanism. And you wonder why things are messed up. And it doesn't just mess up the church. It helps these people just keep going, just like we saw with the witches. Why are they growing so fast? Why is there a rise of witchcraft and Satanism? Because the church has got their hand in the same cookie jar, the evil cookie jar, and the rest of them don't even want to talk about it. And so what, that, what does that do? It gives these people free access to take over on a massive scale. Now, on the one hand, we shouldn't be surprised because what's the Bible say? In the last days, what kind of society would be in the seven-year tribulation? People not only involved in the uh, witchcraft, pharmakeia, remember that? But also it says there they would worship demons, okay? Including the biggest fallen angel, demon of all, Satan. And we're seeing the rise of that society. So what does that mean? Hey, man, we got to be getting close to the rapture. So Lord willing, next time we're going to deal with those splinter groups and move on from there. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's His standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. 
How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step. To admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven. I need a Savior if we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you could be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.